Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today's episode is called Traditional Goal Setting is a Waste of Time, which is quite controversial, don't you think? Absolutely, and particularly controversial to probably a lot of things that we've said in the past, to be be honest. So this is another, uh, I guess, reflection on, in hindsight, how we've changed our mind, which I feel like we do quite frequently. If you've ever listened to, like, you know, our first probably 10 episodes, I'm sure there's so many things that we probably would disagree with at the moment at the end of the day, and that's what a part of growth and development is. So today we're going to unpack a little bit about traditional goal setting, which is something that Danny and myself have done a lot of in the past, you know, and we're not saying that it's, um, you know, that setting goals is irrelevant, but we just have a bit of a different spin on it now. And for anyone that um, has listened to episode 57, we mm, we did throwback. break down throwback, right? A long time ago now, over a year ago, nearly. Um, we did discuss and dissect uh, goal setting templates with the SMART acronym, which is something we'll go over shortly. But yeah, we really want to put a fresh spin on it, especially with, you know, the last 12 months as much as we've grown. Absolutely. And for those who have listened from episode one to now episode 127, I mean, we have been changing our opinions on things, as you mentioned, but, you know, I still feel like rather than being black and white and completely having the opposite opinion, we're kind of refining. So like, cool, in episode 57, goal setting was great with the model that we used back then for a certain person at a certain time. But now that we've evolved, as you said, and we're growing, dealing with more people, different businesses, different priorities in life, we're always here to refine how we do things. So I love that we can take people on the journey, but still always have reasons for why we're talking about certain things. It's not just like we wake up and say, nah, that's shit. We're going to change our mind on everything. It's like, hmm, that's good, but how can we make things better? Absolutely. And I'm really glad that you said that because for me uh, in particular over the last 12 months, you know, I've, I've had a lot of uh, a lot more interest in, I guess, like business and um, coaching in general and a lot of this practical application stuff that isn't just me. Do you know what I mean? Like the way in which I goal set or look at visions or look at direction uh, doesn't necessarily work for everyone. Mm. So I'm more so collecting evidence from like as a collective, what have I noticed as a coach? Um, what have I noticed as a business owner? You know, what have, what have I noticed like managing a team? What have I noticed to actually be helpful? Because mm. the last thing we want to do is give templates and guidance and models and just create work or collect data for the sake of it. It's one of the yeah. biggest things, right? There's no point collecting stuff if, if you're not going to do anything with it. So yes. when it comes to goal setting, it's also very important to have a system and a structure that's actually going to be helpful long-term. And it's one of the things that I've changed my mind on because with the old acronym of setting goals with the SMART analogy mm. and a lot of people will be quite familiar with this, not even just from us, but in schools and in workplaces yep. and other places, organizations, I should say. It's a traditional way of setting goals. And we also did that, you know, in the women's health movement, we did that with um, every new client that came in. And it's something that we don't do anymore because we didn't mm. find it helpful. So I would love to hear from you, Danny. Like, have you changed your concept and views or vision on goal setting over the last 12 months as well? Absolutely. And first of all, I just want to say that that is so cool that you had a process for your team and then you recognize, hmm, it's not really helpful. So, you know, you took it upon yourselves to make it better. And that's awesome just to recognize, okay, we tried this acronym um, at the start. It wasn't effective. Cool. How can I, you know, level up? That's why we're here. How can I be better? So, oh, hats off to you guys. Um, (laughs) But yeah, definitely what I found with the traditional goal setting was just, it was so rigid. Um, And often goals were set based off what sounds good. For example, I want to earn six figures or I want to have 10 staff members or I want to have this many clients, you know, just because the number was a round number, 10, 100,000, a million. We just pick things because it sounds good, but it didn't really put you in the lifestyle that you'd have to live in order to get that result. So I felt like it's, it's a bit backwards. We are trying to chase something that sounds good for the sake of it, but do we actually want to do the things 
that will get us that result. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to work X amount of hours a week. Maybe you don't want to sacrifice here. So that's where I think the biggest loophole is people just setting end result goals without a refined process in the way, in the um, meantime to get there, but then also not allowing for flexibility because we can't predict what's going to happen in five, 10 years. We can have a, a, a vague roadmap to get there. Mm. One day I'd love to own a gym or, you know, things that we used to say, but then there's just not enough room for opportunities to come to you. So I think the problem is a goal that's just sounds good rather than you actually wanting to live it and then not enough flexibility in the goals. Yeah, really well said, really well said. You know, setting these strict um, time-bound expectations mm. can like kill progress and demotivate you sometimes if you're not going to actually achieve it in that yes. time you all of a sudden become a failure when if you can't reflect on the actual progress that you've made uh, through the processes and the strategies that you've had to adopt mm. to be able to become more resourceful um, then yeah it can be really disheartening and I guess for those who don't know, uh, the iSmart acronym that we're referring to and that we went through uh, in episode 57, it stands for I, obviously inspiring, um, S for specific, so being really clear and certain on what you're setting, um, M for measurable, so the data that you're going to collect and how you're actually going to determine whether you're making progress, um, R for results driven, um, so being fixated on the end result, you know, and working, pushing towards that mm-hmm. and then time bound. So setting specific times, even when you read that out, right, it's a Triggers very mas- me. masculine way time of like, look, look at it like you must achieve this yeah. by X. And again, this, there's a time and place for everything, right? All the time. Mm. There's a time and place for everything, um, deadlines, etc. But yeah. yeah, I think there's just a lot wrong with this model. And as you were saying, Danny, one of the biggest things that I actually noticed is when you have someone apply for coaching, you'd be exactly the same. What is your primary goal? You know, like what are you yeah. doing? It's like always the first thing. We need to know what people are, what direction they're wanting to go in. Mm. I always found the goal that people put down on the application is not what they would end up working towards. Um, and it was usually about three to six week mark where people would shift and change what, they, what mm. their goal was. So I found it a bit counterproductive to set goals at the start of people's journey because I'm like, you don't know what you want yet. And that's so okay. You don't really know until you get into the guts of things what you actually want to get. So when we have these specific goals, let's say it's like a a weight loss goal. People go, I want to lose five kilos. You know, I'm going to do it in 12 weeks. One, we're really good at setting unrealistic expectations Mm. anyways. Um, But two, is is it the result that you actually want? And is it more like most productive to really focus and fixate on that result-driven target like the SMART acronym says? Mm. No, it's not. And that's something that we're going to chat about is like this new way um, that we both, you know, think about goal setting and direction. And it comes in line with vision too. Like we all know a vision is different to a goal. A vision is where you're heading and a goal is like an outcome, Mm. right? Where you're heading um, doesn't necessarily need to be marked by milestones. It's more of a pull rather than this set point in time. And I think sometimes I get asked all the time, like, oh, what's your goal in five years? Or what's your goal? And like, where? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, ask me five years ago, I had no idea I'd be here. Yeah. Goodness, I didn't have these strict benchmarks that I was hell bent on. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And the whole, you know, I want to lose five kilos in 12 weeks, they were... I'd always come across that as well, you know, back in the day when people would set goals and it's like, okay, we could get you to lose five kilos in 12 weeks, but you'll have to just purely focus everything on that. It might not be a healthy way to do it. You know, the process to to get to that would not be enjoyable. People are like, I want to lose this weight for a party or for a wedding. You will be so tired and so drained. You'll lose your five, 10, whatever kilos. But by the time you get to that event, you're going to be cooked and you're not going to enjoy it. Then you're going to resent the whole process anyway. So it's really important that you put more focus on the processes that you need to put in place, the lifestyle that can last forever, not just to reach an unattainable goal. Um, and then and then be in it for the long haul. I get a lot of it with um, training and rehab, you know, people with lower back pain. 
I want to get back to deadlifting in, in X amount of time. And it's like, well, no, your recovery is, you don't want a super, super, super speedy recovery. You just want to honor the fact that you're making progress because it would be naive of, you know, you and I, Sherelle, to say, yep, we're going to get you this goal in this time frame because there's just so many variables. We can give guidelines, you know, four to six weeks or whatever amount of time for, for training, but longer for diet. But it would be really naive for us as practitioners and coaches to say, yep, we're going to get you your result in this time frame. And for anyone that says that, it, big red flag, big red flag. So I think that that modality and way of thinking should be left in the past. Um, and people need to just stop trying to get everything quick. But that's the mentality that society having all elements, but it's still in our industry, so, so, so prevalent, but so detrimental as well. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of what you see in the fitness industry, they sell you a result. Mm. Like it's, it's, it's form of manipulation. They go, we will help you lose five kilos, five kilos in six weeks. Mm. You know, they, they sell you the result because they know that that's the way out our instinctive brain works. Yeah. But the, the smart person, the winner, you know, the person who comes out on top is not focusing on that result. And I know there's a lot of um, like, there's always this one line that goes around the fitness center and absolutely drives my gears. Um, and it's like, what's something about, um, you know, I um, yeah, people want a result in terms of like people pay for a result. That's mm. usually what goes around. Like people pay for a result. No, they don't. People think that they want a result. People should be paying for a strategy, a system, a way of doing. They should be paying for that because yep. that's sustainable. As we're going to mention, like a, um, a result or an outcome, it's a, it's a, it's an indicator of a one point in time. Mm. Like who cares if you lose five kilos when you gain it back in six months? Do you know what I mean? Like yep. we should be obsessing over the strategy and the process. The result will come as a result of it, right? Yeah. The other thing to think about it is like we all have the language of a growth and fixed mindset. I can only imagine everyone listening to this does, right? Mm. How is a smart goal not a fixed way? Like that is so fixed to me. It's so fixed, um, and we know the, the difference of a fixed and a growth mindset and the long-term outcome. If we have a growth mindset, you know, we are more equipped with being able to tackle and challenge adversity when our goals get swept away, when yeah. life actually happens. So I think it's really important to reflect on how you go about setting goals at the moment. Yeah. Um, what direction you feel like you're going in with it, like where you're getting information from, because it's really tricky to actually find systems and structures that work for you individually mm. because again it can be quite demotivating when you've got these things that you want to achieve but you don't know how to reverse engineer and you don't know how to like set your own expectations and strategy and targets yeah I love it I think it's so important as you've been mentioning to have that vision as you said there's a big difference so vision is great and and we've spoken about vision boards and what we've used in the past as well and I still love that but I often um, reflect back each year on what I've written down or even a few years ago, you know, I thought I was going to, for example, be pro in my first show. So I wrote that down with the year, like, what was it, 2017 or whatever when I first competed and it's like, no, that's not realistic. Like my goals were way too fixed and the time-bound part of it were too soon. Like, mm. but then looking back, it was quite interesting because I, I got what I wanted, what I wrote down, but in a completely different time frame, in a completely different way to what I could have ever imagined. So it's still so important to have that vision, but the mm. smaller details such as the date, such as how in which it's going to achieve. I mean, you know, I always wanted to own my own gym, but never did I write down, I'm going to meet a partner who already has a gym and then I'm going to join in that yep. ride. Like that was not in my goals. So mm. I would often be sitting down, spinning my tires, feeling like I'm not going anywhere just because I wanted to do it all. I wanted yep. to do it all and, and it was too fixed and it didn't allow life to come to me and say, hey, you might not get it straight away, but here's an opportunity for you to get it when you're ready. Because mm. who are we to think that we're ready for it? You know, mm. life tells us when we're ready. We know by just day by day, chipping away, building habits and routine, then we'll actually be ready. No one likes, yeah. it's not good to, to receive things when you, when you can't cope. You know, maybe if I turned pro earlier, or maybe if I, I got a gym earlier, I wouldn't be able to handle it. You know, we get things when we're ready for it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's so well said because, yeah, focusing on one goal might make you um, say no to opportunities or just miss them. And I know I I mentioned that a long time ago in regards to even my own personal transition from like nursing um, midwifery to the fitness industry is like, yeah, this thing was like not like I, there were so many opportunities and doors that opened for me that mm-hmm. I just was like, whoa, Danny, all these things are happening. I remember mm-hmm. saying it too. And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, because you can see them now. And I'm like, whoa, um, you know, I just didn't have the time to see it. And I was so fixated on these other goals. And as yeah. you were saying that, like something I often reflect on is like growing up and like throughout my nursing and midwifery career, all the where I saw myself was a clinical educator in women's health. And I, mm. I still see myself now as an educator in women's health. Like it's sort of what yeah. I'm doing. So it's funny how when you've got a vision or a thing that you're working towards, it will happen. And at the end of the day, you like the universe has its own way of yep. putting you in the path and the direction that you should be on. Yep. Like I'm doing my vision in a oh, way yeah. that is so much more enjoyable than what I could have ever imagined but if I was fixated perhaps on this one industry or this one way or traditional education what it might have been to get to that like I wouldn't be where I am and I have no idea where I'm going to get to but I'm no longer stressed about that and I think um something I was reflecting on a while ago is I have a lot of uh women that are like in uni and studying Mm. at the moment and Far out, it looks so stressful. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I just, I feel like when I was going through um, uni and postgraduate, I, I'm very much like a blasé um, person when it comes to like, it'll, she'll be right. You know, it's yeah. my mentality. Like, she'll yeah. be right. She'll be right. Okay, so she'll be right. <laughs> and I just think when you're so worried about passing the grade or getting the degree or getting the job, like the end result it's debilitating. Like mm. anxiety is the definition of worrying about the future that you mm. have no control over. Yeah. Like it's no surprise that you can feel manic when you're fixating on these end targets. But yeah. if we just zoom it back and pull it right in, which is what we're saying today, and we go, what do I have to do today to make tomorrow better? You know, and what do I have to do this week to make next month um, feel more manageable? Like what are these small baby steps? It actually allows you to focus on the strategy, the processes, the resources, the habits, the feelings, um not not be like super short-term focused I'm not saying that we only want to see one foot ahead Mm. but we need to feel clear and we need to have clarity and the only way to do that is to not be so hell-bent on the the result at the end of the day yeah and we all can remember what it was like to be in school and uni and and how stressful that was but I think that's because of what what was fed to us in terms of to be successful, you need to get into this course. You have to do this study. And for certain careers, great. You know, mm-hmm. um, you had to do your course to be a midwife. I had to do my course to become an osteopath. But there's no university degree on how to create the women's health movement or there's no university degree on how to be an osteo but never touch a patient. Like, you know, you yeah. just got to get out yeah. there and, and have that she'll be right mentality if you are trying to create something that hasn't been done, yeah. if you are modeling someone that you look up to or some, you know, you've got a family line of business, great, talk to them and, and follow that. But we have a lot of people who are entrepreneurs who listen to our podcast, who want to be great, who want to be unique. You mm. can't fall back into old systems because to be unique, you need to give yourself that space to think outside the box and come up with the idea. But Mm. always know that you're gathering tools every day and then you can put them together and create your way of life there. So just day by day, chip away with the vision in mind, but but you can't expect to to follow anyone if it hasn't been created yet. If that makes sense, it's kind of, I I get a little bit tripped out sometimes, but Mm. back then we we didn't have the capacity and the brain power to create what we've created now. We yeah. just kept stepping one step at a time and then they just evolved into what is and they're always going to be evolving. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, mm. right? I was doing um, some like business planning with a mentor the other day and he said to me, um, we are sort of like forecasting some stuff and he said to me, the end target, like when we're talking about where you want to get to, he's like, the end target is really the lifestyle that you want at the end of the day. Yeah. And I, I've never thought about it like that. I've never yeah. thought about it. He's like, how much does the lifestyle that you want cost you? I'm like, 
nothing. <laughs> really what I'm doing now. Like, what does the end lifestyle cost you? What is the yeah. end? What is the outcome? So we have to know what the outcome is because it makes the process worth it. I love right? that. Like, we have to know what that, that end thing is. And it's not materialistic and it's not driven by certification and it's not driven by, you know, a, a product at the end of the day or even a service, right? What is it driven by? Happiness. Mm enjoyment fulfillment like mm. feelings feelings and I love yeah that. I'd never I'd never really thought about anything like that to be honest I was like oh wow like we're so we're we're, we're told what our life should be like you know we're told like we should get married and have the kids and have the house and the degree and we're told this warped sense of you know what it is like mm. career advice it's never given like that in no way no it's not it's and you like, get career advice from people who aren't even their job is a career advisor, but what career have they actually made? You know what I, I mean? I know. I know. They just Ripping. give you the Latrobe catalogue and say, come back next week and tell me tell me what you want to do for the rest of your life. It's mortifying. It's no I surprise. Know. It's yeah. absolutely no surprise. And then they give you a ranking and say, oh, well, this isn't your score. You yeah. know, you can't have that one. So it's. Yeah, it's traumatising. I have enough issues with the school system that I won't I know. We, but <laughs> I, I, and I always um, reflect on this because I know we have a lot of amazing teachers on the podcast and some have reached out who are are, are friends as well so they feel comfortable to reach out and saying you know you guys did graduate 10 years ago things have changed and I respect that I totally respect that this is always just our lens of the school system you know school taught us so many things we met so many people it's amazing (laughs) but like yeah (laughs) <laughs> and I have a lot of friends that are incredible teachers. Luke is, is oh yeah, no shit. You had no issues. Teacher. We have lots yeah. of discussions, and he's just like, "Look, you had a different experience," and I accept that. Um, but there's so much power when it comes to thinking about visions and direction where you want to end up. There's so much mm. power in not yet, right? Like, not it's not a no when it's not like the yes. Sometimes it's just like not yet. Like yeah. the thing that you're working towards. And I think that is one of the key principles of growth mindset is being like, oh, not yet. So, you know, effort, ability, perseverance, consistency, strategy, steps, asking for help, like all these things can mm. lead to the now. And I think that's a really good way of like reframing your ability of working towards what you want. But something that you reflected on earlier, Danny, is something that I see a lot too. Like people think that they want a goal, but they actually don't want the processes that it takes to get there. Mm. And, you know, we're chatting about a six pack or a pro card, you know, whatever it might be. People think that that's the goal and it's not. The goal is a reflection of the person you have to become to get that. Do you want to become so diligent with your nutrition do you want to probably not drink for the next 12 months do you want to restrict your social life do you want to do all these things and it's Mm. something i'm so mindful of as competing becomes more mainstream and common yeah isn't it it's like Mm. everyone can compete everyone can get on stage but we have to know what the difference is between certain um extreme goals and just doing it for the process you know doing it for the fun of it and having a bit of like a transformation journey because at the end of the day we need to recognize that the goal is actually the the small steps on a daily that you have Mm. to do that's the goal that we should really be putting our direction to oh yeah and you you often get people coming to you saying i'll do whatever it takes and that is Mm. the biggest lie i've ever heard you know Mm. no one We'll do whatever it takes. So people yeah. people think that things are easy, I suppose, with social media. Everything is made to look easy, you know, but, it, you know, whether you own your own business and walk around with a laptop with, you know, fancy locations or you get a pro card or, you know, all these fancy dinners and, and whatever, no, it is not easy. So it's a very, it's a bit of a slap in the face for people to to, to not reach their goal, but more often than not, people don't. And that's fine. But then your goals probably need to be reassessed. Do you actually want that six pack? I always joke to people now, I'm like, I really don't want a six pack because I don't want to do what it takes right now. I'm putting my energy elsewhere. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, for sure. Or even what I would find is it's so easy to get lost in your goal that you're always forward thinking. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned something awesome that you were talking about with your mentor. Okay, what does the end result feel like for you or what what even is that and it's up to you if you want to share or not but I was kind of um reflecting and and 
a big part of my end lifestyle would just be time and time yep. spent with loved ones. And then I was also, refle- this all just happened just now, I was also reflecting saying, I can actually do that now, to be mm-hmm. honest. So obviously not to the extent that you want in the future when, thing, you know, being able to provide for people better or, or whatever, but you can still have elements of that end result right now because it's dangerous to always be forward chasing as well. And then it's important to just sit back and say, cool, one day this is what I want my life to be, but I can still have elements of that now. Mm, Otherwise, absolutely, always chasing, right? Yeah, absolutely, right? It's about realising and sitting in what you've got to and recognising that is progress. Like you said, yeah. not always just chasing that, you know, artificial horizon. horizon there you're it never is. actually going to hatch it. There it is. <laughs> um, there she is. But I, I can't for the life of me remember the actual specifics of this stat. But I was reading somewhere that um, the quality of life between someone who earns 80 to 100K was no different to someone that earns 200 to 500K in terms of the quality of life and, and happiness. Because think about it. If you're if you're like on a, a, a lower salary, you still have a warm bed, you still have power, you still have friends, you still like you have all these things. If you're someone that's like running a multi-million dollar business, that comes with fucking stress, right? Yeah, man. that comes with a lot of un, like a lot of sacrifice. Mm. So I think um, it, it sort of like, it reaffirms that like what people think is success and goals and all these sorts of things, hashtag goals. It's, mm. is it really, do you know what I mean? Because there's with any, with every level, there's another level of sacrifice that has to come with it too. And yep. as you said that Danny, like it's one of mine. I'm like, time's important to me. I don't want to always feel like I'm on this rat race um, mm. to achieve the next thing. Like what is mm. enough? That's something I was asking myself. Like when is the time to stop? When is the time to consolidate? When when can you be content? Because content gets a bad rep. It's like, oh, you're always satisfied, never content. I'm like, mm. why not? Mm. Content is happiness at the end yep. of the day. And that's what we should be thriving to achieve. Yeah, yeah. And that's the dangerous thing about making money a goal. I understand we all have our bare minimum to live or the bare minimum of the lifestyle that we want. And that's fine. We have to survive. But then, you know, like that um, stat that you threw out, I was watching a basketballer in an interview and he said his check, his first ever check was for $100,000. And in NBA, that's not much. But mm. that was more important and meant more to him than all his other checks that followed on, which were for a million dollars plus, because he knew that his processes, his systems, his way of life, he got his first big break that yeah. finally paid off. And he still remembers that first check to be the most important. And particularly for me moving to Sydney, where everything is just in overdrive, like there are literally some um, Paul's dad was telling me yesterday, there's literally a house in Sydney that's $120 million. Now I won't say who owns it or whatever, but like, because they put 10 houses together and just created a a whole house. And so it's been very eye-opening up here. But what I've noticed is, of course, people have a crazy, crazy work ethic. And that's what's allowed them to just grow and grow and grow and grow. You would never set a goal saying, I want a house that's $100 million. You just Mm. put all the actions together. But with that success comes a whole next level lifestyle. They might spend thousands of dollars every week on a dinner, one dinner, yep. you know, and then all of a sudden you've raised the bar even higher to what you're used to. Um, and then it's a never ending trap. Like mm-hmm. the people that even have so much money still stress about money because they've just enhanced a lifestyle that they need to uphold. So it's good and bad, but I, I'm really seeing now, like, it's so not about money. It's about waking up with a purpose. It's about having a healthy life, you know, living as long as you can, because with all that yeah. comes all that extra stress. It's mm-hmm. been super eye-opening to be around these people. But the common denominator to get that success, thinking outside the box, not um, falling into your limiting beliefs and just crazy work ethic. But with teams, no one's ever doing it alone. Yeah, absolutely. There's always like the the one liner that's thrown around though. Like there's a lot of unhelpful advice when it comes to goal setting. Like the old you can do anything. Like, I love that. And it's said with good intention, but it's like, well, if you just keep if you don't have the skills and the strategies and the resources, no, you can't do anything. No. And it just sort of falls and off. That's the fine. Back. We but don't have often, to do everything, right? 
No, but how often it's like you can do anything you set your mind to. It's you like, can't. Am I going to go to the moon? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and the other thing that you mentioned there as well um, about effort, like, yes, you need to work hard, but sometimes work ethic doesn't correlate. You know, sometimes it's not just about working harder. Mm. It is ultimately about the resources and the strategy and you know a lot of self-awareness too I think that's a huge one like a lot of what we've spoken about it is a level of self-awareness that we've had to work friggin' hard to obtain Danny because it's so easy just to get washed away in what other people define as success yeah and the old why would you want to do that why wouldn't you do this you know and I used to be like that why is it this person doing this or they've got Mm. all this potential you know who am I to define someone else's success or vision like no one that's and it's it's why people that do have that level of self-awareness can come in and go well what do you want your life to look like you know you Mm. you know you drive the ship you have the moral compass no one else it's up to you to set those goals so I guess with that like something um, I've been thinking about is like well how can we approach goal setting that's actually productive and helpful Mm. because a lot of the things that I read and hear and all this motivational talk like it's all great to get started with momentum right motivation allows for momentum but what are we going to do about it? Because you can make a vision board every year if you're not revisiting it, if you're not putting in strategy and systems, it doesn't matter how many pieces of paper you put together, right? Mm-hmm. So something that, you know, I've shifted my perspective on is obviously the goal-setting template that we revisited in um, episode 57 um, with some new thoughts. And I've just chunked them into four different key themes. And the first one is identity, so something that we reflect on heavily is like, what will it look and feel like? So people yes. go, I, w- I want a six pack. What's that feel like? And they'll go, mm. oh, it feels, feels like I'm disciplined. And it feels like I'm organized. It feels like I'm, I've got confidence. Like they're the mm. things, that's the goal. It's like, cool. You want to feel disciplined. Like how can we give you that feeling without the six pack now? Like how can we yeah. have give you that now? What is it? It allows people to redirect their focus to the daily tasks, the daily habits that give those sense and feelings because, you know, that's at the end of the day what anything is. People mm. want wealth because they want stability. You mm. know, people want a social media following because they want to feel belong, like mm. a sense of belonging, sorry. Mm. So that every single result, product, outcome, it's, it's the it's correlated directly with a feeling because we're humans and that's what drives us biologically. So that identity piece or that identifying, I should say, really thinking clearly, like, yes, shiny, pretty thing, but what's behind it? What, what's the meaning? What signifies it? And that's what we were just chatting about earlier, Danny, when that self-awareness piece, you know, it makes you really stop and dissect what you're actually working towards and why. And I think that that's so important because it can also help you, reframe your goal as you said for example someone a personal trainer might want 50 clients a week just because it sounds good but then to actually put yourself in the position where you're waking up early you know you don't really get a break you're coming back at night do you actually want 50 clients maybe they can reframe reframe hmm maybe I'll have 35 to 40 and I'll do the rest online but straight away you've hit that nail on the head because you you put yourself in the position of what does that actually feel like So, yeah, yeah, I think that's a great first step. Yeah, absolutely. And then the second one, which, you know, we harp on so much, is just the habits. Mm. So the systems and the resources that you either have, right, because that's often um, overlooked. What do you already have access to? What aren't you using? What do you need to revisit? Or what do you need? You know, and how do these yep. resources make you feel? So as I mentioned, you know, the daily mundane tasks of just going to the gym, drinking water, like going for a walk, step target, sleep, all these sorts of things, we should be reflecting on them as achieving a goal, achieving, yep. succeeding resources, and even the supports around you. Like who do you have access to? Mm. And I know we've got like probably a lot of high achievers, independent people in here. Um, they want to I do it all over their own. Yeah, I was one of them, we've right? Been there. Yeah. <laughs> Until you realise that. It's too hard. You know, You're limited. You ask, yeah, if you ask, you usually receive. And it's something, it's like, wow, I have all these incredible people around me that, you know, want to give you help, 
at the end of the day. And even when you help someone, how good does it feel? You actually strengthen your relationship with someone when you help them. And it goes against what we believe because we think asking for help is like we're a burden, but it's the opposite. Yeah. When we help people, we develop a connection with them. So it's it's good for both parties. So it's important mm-hmm. to be able to remind yourself of like, particularly for clients, right? Like you've got access to coaches, you've got access to mentors, you've got access to all these people around you that would like you more if you asked for help. Yeah, it just makes it easier. And it's so big. Like it's probably a whole nother podcast about feeling like a burden when asking for help. But it is so common for people to feel that way. But if you hire a coach that's the job like Sherelle that's our job to help people but you kind of always get um coaches who probably I don't know it's mixed messages because you get people saying oh I just felt bad for asking for help like guys if you are a coach expect your clients to ask for help and be okay with that often we lose our patience or we've been in the game for so long you might feel like you're repeating yourself if that's the case going back to our point systems create systems because Every new person that comes into your business, they need to feel like an individual. They yeah. they can't feel bad for asking for help. Just because you've answered the same question a thousand times, maybe that's on your system. Do they need to watch yeah. a video instead? Or, do, you know, there's always ways that you can um, refine and refine, refine, because, yeah, that's how you grow as well. So to go back to asking for help, it's okay to ask for help. Um, and as a coach, be open to it. And, and if mm. you can't be bothered anymore, create systems, you know, we Absolutely. are here to help. Yeah. And even on the opposite side, it's the coaches, the business owners, it's your responsibility to coach and not give. Yeah. And that's, that's the big difference, right? People can ask for advice, but the only way in which we learn is problem solving ourselves. Mm. So um, I had a really good example of someone who messaged me the other day, like, hey, Cheryl, um, do you mind if I ask you a question um, about a client? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I literally <laughs> said, yes, yeah, yeah, sure. Smiley face. Um, and then she said a big long thing back oh, and, um, and I all I read it I read it all and I was all these thoughts in my head and I'm a fixer I love fixing people's problems yeah. I'm like I'll do this 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 yeah. and as much as you want to tell people I just said what would you do like what would you yeah do? yep and then she's like oh well I'll do you know listed off a few things I said great job that's yeah. what I'll do that's the answer literally yeah, right? how good but what happens is like coaches are fixers and we love going in and we love problem solving and unfortunately the behavior that you repeat is what's usually rewarded and that's what's, you know, repeated as a result. So Mm, if you want your clients to become resourceful, let them find the answers, even if it's frustrating as hell because you know it's going to be a longer route, it's the only way it's going to be repeated. So I'm always like, hey, Cheryl, like what what do I, uh, there's no leg press. Cool. What do you think the next best option is? Yeah. Oh, what about hack squat? Awesome. You know, they won't ask again but if you Mm. give them the answers they think that you've got all the answers so that's always something to be mindful of yeah because then they're like oh Sherelle or Daniel my coach said it's this way it must only be this way but we're not going to sit here and write 5,000 variables so that's why it is great to reflect like you know we're happy to answer but try and answer it first and most of the time people actually do have the answer they just needed that bit of confidence but oh On this topic, I just need to make a public service announcement for everyone that's on Instagram at the moment. So there are bots going or hackers going around saying, can you please help me? So you know how, Sharala, we're all about answering DMs. Oh, good one. Please. Because like one of our friends just got hacked and lost her whole account and so many people are losing their accounts from hackers coming in saying, can you help me? Okay. And they appear to be someone that you might've spoken to before, but they've had a hacker jump in, take over their account. So if someone like asks for any, for you to click on links, for you to send Mm. your login, like the mobile phone, six digit verification, for you to do anything with cryptocurrency, please don't help anyone report it. But they do it so well that you get sucked in because my friend who, or our friend whose account got hacked, She's a fixer and she loves helping people so much that she fell for these damn hackers because they're that good. So I just want to let everyone know, help people, but not when it comes to giving your login details because there's an epidemic right now on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get messages every day, like to my mobile number, to clicking links. No, they're trying to log in. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Protect your account, set up your two like authenticator thing, use that, you know, lock code digit. The other thing is, um, yeah, like if anyone ever posts about crypto or their bank statement or whatever, like guys, unfollow. It's a bot, man. I had my um, cousin the other day, you know, like 200 followers, like cousin (laughs) post like 
on his grid. It was like a screenshot of like a fake bank account. With That's like, literally what it is. Yeah, listen, it was like such and such to <sighs> save my life and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I messaged him on Facebook. I'm like, bro, like, is this you? What's going on? You into crypto? It's all good if you are. I'm just checking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he's like, nah. He's like, nah, it's, I've been hacked. And I was Same. like, well, um, nothing against you, but I'm unfriending you because <laughs> I don't want to give you He didn't want to help him get his account back. You're just like, laters. He's like, I'll just make a new one. Well, well, it was, yeah, Elise who who runs her um, account. She had like nearly 60,000 followers, but yeah, it was her business account. And like, Mm. they're so smart because they hack into trustworthy sources as well. Um, um, And and talk as if they're that person. So then they just suck people in. So yeah, just be mindful of the screenshots of either a PayPal account or the ComBank app, just on their grid. Like, it's like her account was literally just meals and transformations and then this one combank thing. I'm like, mm, but people <laughs> still on? fall for her. Yeah, so keep your eyes out. Your yeah. poor cousin. I love I that know. he didn't care. There's like, oh, well, I'll get 200 followers <laughs> <Yeah>. again. <laughs> but, like, I would feel horrible if, if someone hacked my account and they were, like, making people lose money and hacking. That's I would feel horrible if mm. someone, it's not the money. Like, the thing is the identity theft, you know. Oh, it's like yeah. They're claiming to be you and they're tapping into your family and friends. Like, that's scary. She got her account back, though. You have to, and it took two weeks, I think, you have to do face verification. So you have to send, like, a photo of your driver's license and then your face. Um, So she ended up getting it back, which is awesome. awesome. Yeah, Mm. so don't panic if it happens. You can get it back. But uh, the times we live in. Um, Okay, so what was that? Habits. Yeah, moving on. Reality um, is another one that's really important. And I don't know if it addresses this actually in the SMART acronym. No, it doesn't. Like how how crazy is that? Like where are you Mm. at? You know, your reality of like what your starting point is, is super important, if not the most important thing when it comes to actually setting a direction. So the reality allows you to be realistic with your goals. And a lot of the times I feel like there's this, um, I don't know, this stigma of like, you know, you can do anything, I believe. But it's usually the opposite. We're usually really good at setting the bench super high yep. for ourselves, and therefore we jump and we miss the mark and it's disheartening and we fall into a fixed mindset because we feel like we can't achieve it. So yep. I'm always on the on the opposite end, usually reining it in for people to be like, cool, like you want to do this, like why don't we just focus on this for now? And then we can always revisit and, you know, set the, set the benchmark a little bit higher, um, whatever it might be. You know, think about like setting weights in the gym. You know, yes, we're stronger than what we give ourselves credit for, but if we set the benchmark a tiny touch lower and take a little bit longer to get there, we're going to have more belief in self-efficacy and safety um, mm. to be able to work towards our long-term goals and therefore more likely to actually get there. Yeah. And often we think we're starting from like a higher position than what we actually are. I remember when I, like a few years ago, when I was remodeling businesses and started working for myself, like I had all of these goals with client numbers, you know, monetary numbers, all the stuff that I don't strive towards anymore. But then I had to have a chat with someone who was really well, like good at business. And then they're like, Danny, you don't even have a proper accountant. You don't even have like a trust set up. You don't have any of this thing. So here I am trying to chase all these things. And then my systems were failing from the ground level just because I was a bit delusional on what I needed um, and then where I where I actually was. So I wasn't in my reality. I was in a warped sense of reality based on my lens. But I had to have someone come in and say, well, no, actually, there's still so much need to do because we can also self-sabotage. You know, people want to earn X amount of money, but you don't have the the systems in place to be able to handle that anyway. So you kind of self-sabotage. It's like, "Mm, I want it, but I'm a bit scared. Or like, I want to commit to the gym this many times, but I'm a bit scared. So build that foundation and, and just have someone who knows what they're doing in that field give you a bit of help because you don't know what you don't know. Right. And we might be chasing something, but if you get there, your systems aren't as solid. So you can't actually handle it in the first place. So you just keep going back. Yeah. What comes up for me when you say that, Danny, as well, is just the sustainability of your goal. So a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'm going to have like a 50K month or whatever it is. They work their ass off and they do like, you know, something ridiculous, like 70 hour weeks or whatever it might be to get that. And then the next month, it might be their worst month. 
because they fall into a hole because they don't have the structure, the systems to be able to sustain the result. And this is like, Mm. even if we draw it back to body composition, like, you know, you can have a six pack, but can you sustain what, yeah, can you sustain the habits and the strategies that allowed you to get to that? Mm. No. Like when we look at peak performance for anything, what our top tier level is, peak performance is going to look different for everyone. Um, it's, it's it's set by where our reality, again, it's super important to, to revisit that. Like just because you can grind yourself to work towards something, you know, just know that if you're, if you're going towards something that's really high for you, it's probably not sustainable at the end of the day. And that's fine for some things. Like let's say peak week, getting into show condition it's it's supposed to be unsustainable Mm. you know but so often we don't look at other aspects of our life like that that's great and that's when we can kind of get sucked into marketing like back to your example I earned 50k in a month well great but as you said like what did you earn in all the other months was that your actual year's average what's your average yeah was the product that you sold maybe that was all of your intake but the whole whole year's booked out now you know there are so many elements we don't see or the photo of the six pack (laughs) They would have only had it for a week, you know, but yeah, yeah just be mindful of all that kind of marketing and expectations oh. as well. I know how yeah. you feel about it. That's why I'm sort of expanding. <laughs> Look at your face. I love Don't it. Don't get me started. <laughs> like, you know, the old, oh my God, I made 10K this week. It's like, yeah, you sold coaching for five months. Like, yeah, literally. That's, that's your profit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I think mm. it's, it's, it grinds my gears <laughs> because you don't actually know unless you're in it. Like for someone who's just in a startup and, you know, just getting into the business space, they're like, I need this business coach. I need this person to help me do that. And it's, it's not the reality. Like, let's be real. It's the same as the transformations on Instagram. You're only going to see the top 1%, Mm. right? And let me tell you, right, I've been poached by that many business coaches mm. and it's ridiculous because they're like, oh, let me help you set things up. I'm like, fuck off because oh <laughs> I know what you want. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I think this is what's disheartening. Like people don't have their reality of their benchmark. Whenever yeah. you're seeking out like mentors and coaches and things like that, honestly, they should be ahead of you. They should be yeah. forecasting well ahead of you because that's their role. They're to forecast things like it might take someone five years to get somewhere but if you have a mentor maybe you'll be able to do it in two and a half you know Mm -hmm. that's already lived that experience too so it's always super important to rein it back into reality and where you're getting advice from as well the same with goal setting like if you've got some ifbb bikini pro who's been competing for 10 years as your screensaver it's a red flag right because you're setting unrealistic goals based on your reality yeah, yeah, for sure. And when getting advice from mentors, as you said, they need to be ahead of you. You see people who like, I'll help you grow your Instagram. You click on their page. It's like they've got like 200 followers. It's like, mm, I don't know. But I think it's important to have mentors, but for real people, not yeah. people whose business is to help with business or whose business is to help with follow it. Like it, it kind of doesn't make sense and sounds backwards, but yeah. the real people to learn about business from are ones that are running their own business. You know, mm-hmm. it might not be in the fitness industry. It might not be in your industry, but it's still systems, processes, paperwork, you know, contracts, all staff. There's still the same sort of fundamentals. So ask for help from many people in all elements because you can't expect to just sign up to a business course and then your life is like sorted forever. It's, it's mm. true one-dimensional. It's multifactorial lifestyle growth. You know, yeah. you and I learn from hundreds of different people. We learn every day. We're always listening to podcasts, reading books, talking to people on the street. You just learn, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess the last one that I think is really important as well um, in under like the new way of setting goals is celebrate. Mm. You know, we're so often, as you mentioned, Danny, so many people can get caught up in the end result and, you know, what we define as achieving you know but it's about revisiting well how can I celebrate these small wins and it always comes back down to at the start like identify like how do you want it to feel because if you can find those small things in your day you can start to celebrate and positively reinforce yourself on a daily level because we know that if we obsess over the daily practices the daily habits or even zoom out and go you know your weekly um, actions um, if you don't want to be so micro on it then it's going to end up with the result like if we talk to 
about money or physiques or whatever it might be, that's a result of the practices that you have to adopt. So you know that if you stick to those practices, you're actually going to get there. And, you know, something I was reading up on um, earlier, they, they listed this great quote, which I popped in there, which is winners and losers have the same goals. And it's always something to be mindful of. I was a little bit triggered. I'm like, holy shit, it's so true. So what do the winners do differently? You know, and I love, love, love watching like the NBA um, docos and those sorts of things because those sort of people, like they're just so, their their mindset is just so inspiring because they just, they bring up these like concepts, like you said, like anything to do with achieving is universal it's got nothing to do with NBA. i don't like whatever like it's fun to watch but i don't like watch the game so to speak I we just won't think, tell luke how you really feel about the nba please don't I'm sure um, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same principles you yeah. know it's the exact same principles it's worth it ethic it's strategy it's vulnerability it's self-awareness it's personal development and systems it's all these things and you realize that every industry Every top performer, every high-level athlete, every business owner that's successful, they have the same methods. They have the yep. same philosophy and outlook on achievement and goal mm. setting in general. They're not setting smart acronyms. Usually. No, 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 no. And if they do, we want to hear about it, but I doubt it. Yeah. Um, and that's so important, you know, you because we're always going to be achieving, you know, people like us anyway. And you need to have some sort of happiness on the journey because life will be forever empty if you can't look back and say today I did this well or you know this week I did this well and it can be tiny it can be big write it down if you just if you need to practice it you know if you can't do it automatically in your mind but life will be a very lonely road if we're always chasing and never celebrating so celebrate your health celebrate life celebrate the wins celebrate that something went poorly and then you created a system out of it or, you know, you lost a client, but now you know to refine your interview process. You know, not everything's sunshine and rainbows and you and I aren't stress-free humans who just dance around, whatever. Like we have stress, but we just know, cool, we're learning, man. We're human. We're, we get up every day with the best intention of our clients. You know, we look after ourselves and and that's important. And it's important to be a good person. So just bring that happiness to your own life can't stress that enough beautiful you've just wrapped that up so nicely but (laughs) I guess today we just really wanted to revisit goal setting as a whole and you know give you guys just a bit of an update you know on how our perspectives actually change because I think it's super helpful to be able to hear different ways of setting goals um, and approaching it and also understand that it's not just one way you know there's Mm. not just one template or one strategy Um, but if things aren't working for you you know, it's important to be able to sit down and be like, why not? Like, how else can I approach this? Maybe I don't need a five-year plan. Maybe I don't need to sit down pen to paper and think about my goals really deeply and work hard towards that. Maybe it's not about how hard I'm working. Maybe I'm working really hard, but I'm following like, you know, a process that doesn't serve me. Mm -hmm. So it's just about reflecting, zooming out and trying to identify that there's different strategies to work towards what you want. And more importantly, what is it that you want? You know, that that end target is often very different to what we think. Nailed it. Boom. Boom. That's it. And that's it. So <laughs> I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. Um, traditional goal setting is a waste of time at the end of the day. And, you know, if you did enjoy this uh, episode and if you have any reflections to share, please do take a screenshot, um, share it on the Instagram and, of course, tag the Level Up podcast. Thanks, everyone.